0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, everyone. This is Kristen Powers of Pets Rock at Pet Life Radio. Today, I have a wonderful guest named Kyrie Henry, who is the founder of Paws for People. Hey, Kyrie. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, so... I hear you have this wonderful organization called Pause for People, and I was just wondering if you could tell us a little more about it.
1: Sure. Um, When I was 12, which was back in 1999, I had trained my first dog and decided to take him to some nursing homes that were run by a family friend and just really developed a unique training system, and just got three more dogs and started doing the same with them, and we developed Paws for People from there, just making people happy with dogs, and um, my dad and I have been doing it full-time for about the last six years as our job, so to speak, and it's just really grown and evolved from there.
0: Awesome. So, what was the inspiration for this organization? Like, why did you want to get into, like, training dogs?
1: I always tell people this, and it just it sounds funnier to me every time I say it that I'm an only child, and I'm just like this type A overachiever, and I just told my parents that's what I was going to do is go make people happy with my dog, and they um, really followed through and made me figure it out and learn it on my own and go to training classes and really train him and take care of him, actually, instead of doing it for me. But it just really became my passion to see how these dogs had this just unique, this sixth sense, this thing that you just can't put into words um, to change people's lives, and so that's just really become kind of my my life's work. Cool.
0: So what type of dogs are usually used in these training sessions and like well like what goes through like the training process?
1: Okay. Um we use primarily golden retrievers and labs just because of their balance between their natural disposition and what they're bred to do and their work drive they're willing to work and they stay what we call neotenized which means that they stay like toddlers their whole life they never get up to that like people teenage stage where they're challenging their parents they just want to be like kids and make you happy so we do have a rescue program too but when we start with puppies we use them and um, our dogs are primarily trained within five federal prisons through programs at the Bureau of Prisons, where we teach the inmates how to train the dogs and customize them. And then the dogs actually live in prison 24-7 with the inmates and are trained. And it takes about 18 to 24 months to train a fully certified service dog. Um, That's dog dependent. They all mature a little faster, slower, just like people. But it's a pretty long in-depth process.
0: So why do they need to be trained? Like, what's what, I guess, are the like, the criteria for being trained so that they can go into these prisons with inmates? What do you want the dog to be able to do or not do?
1: Okay, well, I pick, we have a staff of trainers that either, we have our own breeding program, and so from day one, we raise puppies the way we want them to be, and we also have relationships with many wonderful breeders who donate their puppies to us. And the puppies actually go into the prison now anywhere between 8 and 12 weeks old. So they pretty much start their lives off there. And then we let the dogs pick their job because it's like, We put the dogs into college, but we can't tell them that they're going to be a brain surgeon or be a teacher or be a scientist, just like you couldn't with a person. So we really pay attention to their strengths and weaknesses and listen to that, whether they might want to go work with a child or whether they might want to go work with a Marine or anything like that. And then we let them develop their skills and focus on what they're great at and and match them with a person accordingly.
0: Cool so I've heard about like programs where like dogs help like veterans of war or like children, but what mission do the dogs serve when they're put into prisons what it, like why why prisons?
1: Well, they're in the federal prisons because we just got this unique opportunity to start our program there and what it has allowed us to do is take our staff of five or six trainers on on the outside, so to speak, and multiply our abilities by six and seven times because we can teach to the inmates and it is their job within prison to train the dogs. So the dogs are in training 24-7. They get more care and attention and training than any of us with our other work and our daily lives could put into them. So it's really a wonderful situation for us to increase our training capacity by so much and have such wonderfully trained dogs, and at the same time, it's serving as a rehabilitative opportunity for the inmates to learn a job skill, to learn that unconditional love that most of them have never had in their lives before, to succeed and be great at something as opposed to failing and making huge mistakes and getting into trouble, so it's really come full circle, that it's not not just work being put into training them, but it's really changing their lives at the same time.
0: That's so cool. So, where the do dogs that are trained by the inmates go to? Like, do they go? Are those the dogs that help veterans, or help children, or are therapy dogs?
1: Yes, all of the above. When they're done, and we've decided what their niche is, so to speak, and what they're going to do, we bring our clients into the prisons, and what we do, what we call a bump, which is where we introduce a couple dogs with the right skill sets um, to the person who needs it, and we look for the dog that shows the bonding activity with that person, which is back to where I said we let the dogs pick the people because they're going to have to work with them for the next 10 or 12 years so we really let them develop that bond first and so they might go to a special education teacher to work in a classroom they might go to a physical therapist to work in a clinical setting or a speech pathologist they might go to a child who has physical or neurological disabilities to help them walk or to open their refrigerator or to pick up their pencil or to carry their backpack at school or they might go to a veteran with PTSD and psychological disabilities who needs the dog as an adjunct within their therapy to start helping them go back into public, go back to grocery shopping, go back to engaging with their children that they've been withdrawn from. So really the possibilities for how we utilize the dogs are endless.
0: Cool. So what type of impact has Paws for People had on, I guess, the people you like work with? Like, What type of, I guess I'm trying to say is like, What personally have you seen as the biggest impact or, like, the biggest difference that stands out that your service dogs have helped people with? Oh, my gosh.
1: Um, That's like, (laughs) the hardest question. It just depends, like, what story pops into my mind first because they're all equally just life-changing. But most recently, we've had... Two veterans, in particular, who were on 10 to 11 to 15 medications for anxiety, depression, sleep, all that type of thing, who had almost completely withdrawn from society, were maybe grocery shopping at a convenience store at 3 a.m. just so they wouldn't have to run into other people because they were scared of having a flashback and hurting someone, multiple suicide attempts, just the whole gamut of extreme, complex PTSD, and By using a service dog, and we don't just hand someone a service dog and say, oh, now you have a friend. Have a great day. We have uh, volunteer staff on our side who connect with their medical uh, care providers, and we make a treatment plan, and we enter the dog into their treatment plan. So they have to meet goals, and they're really using the dog as a therapeutic tool in their recovery and Those two guys in particular that are at the top of my head right now, you wouldn't recognize them from a year ago. If you met them, you would think that they were just normal people with this awesome service dog because they're back to work, they're back to grocery shopping, to seeing their family, to seeing their kids, to driving. They're almost all the way off medication, maybe on just something to help them sleep. And it's all just because... We use a dog as a tool in their therapy, and it's just really made a remarkable difference.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. I wish we had, like, so much more time because I know just from the list of, like, therapies you've listed to help people, like, you must have, like, so many stories like these that are just, like, so heartwarming and great to hear. Oh, I wish I could hear more of them. Um, But, like, to um, go into our next question, why service dogs like why this type of therapy what makes working with dogs different from like maybe some other conventional type of therapy
1: um well our approach to it is that it's not the answer for everyone um not everyone is a dog person not everyone is going to experience that human animal bond with a dog the same as other people but a great majority of people do, even people who never have before or think that they wouldn't. I have inmate trainers who've never had an animal and thought that dogs didn't have feelings and personalities and didn't know how you could ever fall in love with one. And, you know, that quickly changed once they had their own. But if that is something that gets down into your heart and soul and can make a life difference to you, then there's nothing else like it. And pairing that love and compassion that, you know, almost every dog without exception can give you with the highly trained and customized skills to go that much further and help you in your daily life. It's just like a magical combination.
0: That's so cool. So uh, what are your goals for Paws for People and how are you planning on accomplishing these goals? Well,
1: right now we have operations in nine states. In the Mid-Atlantic region and Southeast region, we have over 175 volunteers and over 175 certified dogs. So that's come a long way from just me and my one dog um, a few years ago. So it's really amazing to me. And what I'd like to do is continue that progress. I hope that within my career we can be nationwide, we can be household name, we can have trained and placed thousands of dogs and have thousands of success stories instead of hundreds how that's gonna happen I don't really know I'm kind of just on this ride I'm kind of on my path and kind of trying to fulfill my little niche in life and opportunities present themselves and I've just been very blessed and I just we all put our all into it every day so we'll just keep doing that and see where it takes us
0: well I wish you the best of luck in accomplishing those goals those sound really really cool thank you all right so now we're gonna take a quick commercial break but when we come back we'll hear more about Carrie A. Henry and her posture people
1: don't leave this party before it's over, because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on, back in a few. I love
0: animals. If you ask the question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take a back show.
1: How I love my pets. I Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Hi. for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com Let's Talk Pets Let's Talk Pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLife Radio PetLife Radio PetLifeRadio.com Hey guys, it's Caroline Sunshine from the new movie Marmaduke and I'm here at Pet Rock with your host Kristen on Pet Life Radio Radio Back to the party. Let's go with the hottest party in oh. town.
0: Ever. Ever. Hey everyone, this is Kristen Powers with Pet Rock at Pet Life Radio. Today we have Kyrie Henry on, who is the founder of Pause for People. How are you doing, Kyrie? Good, thanks. Awesome. So. The first half of the show, we kind of talked about pause for people, what exactly you do with your dogs, and now I'm kind of transitioning into more of like your personal connection with animals. So I kind of want to start off by asking, what was your earliest memory of like interacting with any type of animal?
1: When I was tiny, from the time I was born, my parents had a German Shepherd who I just remember during being a toddler and things like that. And then once he passed away, we didn't have any more dogs, and I was like that kid begging for a puppy all the time and until I finally got one when I was 10, and then took the, the two years to train him, and that's how for People started.
0: Cool. So, how would you describe the role that animals have had in your life? Gosh, it's only been
1: probably half of my life, a little over half that I've actually had my own dogs, but it's just obviously completely taken over my life. It's shaped my, my work time, my downtime, my vacation time. I joke with people that I don't live a day in my life without at least one dog with me and dog hair on everything I own, and that's really the truth. It's just like, it's just my thing, and I, I wouldn't really want it any other way at this point.
0: (laughs) I think it's funny that you mentioned the dog hair because I have a white dog and that is very, very visual thing when you're wearing jeans or even like a dark colored sweater because you have all this white dog hair. But it's interesting because people can always tell that you have a dog and they're like, oh, what type of dog do you have? And it's always nice to have that connection with other like dog owners or even cat owners because I have a white cat as well. So that's always, that's always fun. Yes,
1: dog hair everywhere.
0: Yep. (laughs) So what was the coolest experience you've ever had when working with your dogs? Like, I know that you said that you've seen great effects that some of the dogs we've trained have had on, like, soldiers, but what was, like, maybe the best experience you've seen one of your personal dogs have on someone else?
1: Obviously, my brain just goes back to the most recent memory, but I just got done whelping and training a litter of eight from our own internal breeding program and just last week finished taking them into the the different prisons to start their actual training program. And just, um, I've done it three other times, but it had been a while. And just the whole process of having this dog that we had had since she was a puppy and gone through the training program and then decided to use her as a mother within our program. And then just the whole process of having the puppies born in my house and whelping them. And I I did early neurological stimulation with them starting at day three. And I did just all these other kind of series of socialization and, and stress handling with them and all kinds of things. And I just was so intense in that process for 12 weeks, and it's just amazing to see these things that were born with their eyes and ears sealed shut, and then 12 weeks later I'm handing over these, like, fuzzy, furry, 12-pound puppies to the inmate trainers to start learning how to help someone. Has just been kind of a life-changing. It's just, like, kind of one of watching nature's miracles, you know?
0: Yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah. So what, um, what has been the, I guess, the most challenging part of your line of work?
1: Um... Oh, there's several. One being that we're a nonprofit foundation and that hasn't been the easiest role to fill in society in the past few years. So there's right. always funding worries and woes and just trying to keep everything afloat and, and keep moving forward and being able to train more dogs and take care of everything. And other than that, emotionally, it's probably every time that you graduate a dog and see it go. But um That's just one of those bittersweet things because that's what you're doing all of this for, but it's still this thing that so many people have fallen in love with, and now you're giving it away and letting it go. So that's always a a cheerful day, too.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, speaking of funding, I've heard that you are in a contest with the IKEA Life Improvement Project to win a $100,000 sabbatical. Is that correct? Yes, very exciting. awesome. So, for Pets Rock, wants to officially give you our support in your competition, and we want to let everyone know you can vote for Kyrie at thelifeimprovementproject.com dot com before January seventeenth, and we'll post uh, the link to that website on our web page. So, we just want to wish you the best of luck with that competition, and we really hope that you win. Thank you so much for your help.
1: Every boat we can get helps. We're in first place still right now, but there's a few weeks left, so... There's a little while left, so it's just uh, pretty stressful.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Definitely, those those voting competitions. I've done one for another organization of mine, and they're always nail biters. They're yes, so, they are. It's horrible. So ner- <laughs> I know. Everyone needs the money, but it's just always you're always just like, I need you to vote, and you're like, even asking random strangers to vote. Oh yes.
1: Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> you put your pride to the side and just try to put the cause forward and. Don't care who gets the word out if you can just get a little help. So I really appreciate your help.
0: Oh, yeah, no problem. So to end our interview, I just kind of want to like ask you what advice you would have for other young people looking to help animals and maybe even how they can personally get involved with Paws for People.
1: Yes, we always need help. You know, everything we do is because of volunteers. So, you know, through our website, there's a Contact Us button, and just we try to put people to work based on their talents and interests. And the advice I would have is, I mean, I've just spent really really blessed the opportunities that have been put in front of me and also just the full support of my family and some days it's easier than others um, for me to have this really non-conventional job and kind of has sucked my whole family into doing it with me but I just think I I graduated college a year ago and I just think if I had started just doing your normal 9 to 5 job that's just not right for me and just how unfulfilled I would feel so the only advice I can give is to just Put everything into what you think that you really want to do. And even when it seems really hard and impossible and there's kind of every door seems closed, if, you, if it's really what you want to do and you have faith in it, it, it will happen somehow.
0: Well, that's awesome advice. Thank you so much for your time, Kyrie. Thank you so much. Done great. All right, everyone. Well, that was Kyrie Henry with Pause for People. She's in a competition with the IKEA Life Improvement Project for $100,000 and we hope that you'll go vote for her today. Contest ends January 17th. Hope you have a wonderful day and this is Pet Rock at Pet Life Radio.
1: Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.